Hey everybody and welcome to the Health Tech Podcast where we talk about everything healthcare and technology. I'm your host, James Somaru, and this is your weekly Sunday session. Hey everybody, hope you're having a great week this week. So, a few bits coming up for you on this episode. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my week, a few bits that I've been up to, and a couple of different health tech reports that have come out too. So I'm going to give you a bit of a summary of those on this episode, and I'll stick the links to them in the description of the episode too, so that you can have a little read in your own time. So, yeah, what have I done this week? So I've guest hosted a brand new podcast from a health tech company called Mtech, and that's called The Emotion Lab. They're looking at human emotion, human performance and AI and technology and how they measure and treat and do all sorts of different things in mental health and yeah, it's going to be an awesome podcast to say the very least. So I was fortunate enough to guest host the first three episodes but yeah, stay tuned for more details on the launch of that. So I actually recorded an episode of this podcast, the Health Tech Podcast, with the host of that one. Uh, He's called Graham Cox so look out for that episode in a few weeks time to learn a bit more. Uh, On Monday, I chatted to someone uh, I used to mentor and they asked for some advice on this interview that they were having uh, for a PhD, really interesting PhD they're doing on digital health inequality. And this is something that that comes up quite a lot when I'm on panels and definitely a question that lots of people ask, which is how do you make sure that digital health is equal and doesn't suffer from inequality or indeed the people receiving digital health don't suffer from inequality both globally and in the UK and so um, yeah the person that gave some advice to on Monday got that PhD because she was being interviewed the next day so congrats to Ada if you're listening Um, and yeah really interesting subject as I say so obviously with all the B2C um, business models you know we're at risk of is digital health and health tech being you know disproportionately favoured to people that can afford it but Obviously, with those markets being open to health innovations, hopefully B2C, the private sector, those different places are where health innovation, health tech innovation can be trialled and tested to make sure that the economics make sense. And hopefully then we can have the evidence for the public sector to start purchasing these things, which means that everybody can benefit. But yeah, just my opinion. If you've got any thoughts on that, I'd be really keen to hear them. So by all means, get in touch and let me know. Maybe I'll get Ada on the podcast actually when she's got her teeth stuck into a PhD so that she can come and talk about it. So I've also been chatting to a few people looking for new challenges in health tech startups. I think if anybody's particularly out there looking for a COO, that sort of level, I've got a couple of people extremely experienced and interesting with a very good track record. So definitely get in touch with me if you want to get in touch with them. You don't have to obviously pay any uh, recruiter fees or anything like that. Just uh, if it works out, so maybe send me a thank you note. But yeah, I've got some uh, very talented people that I know that are looking for opportunities. So if you are a health tech startup out there, you're growing, you're scaling, perhaps you've just raised Series A or possibly even a later round and you're looking for that kind of COO level, definitely get in touch. I've also been recording this week, obviously, so I've had a couple of, well, awesome interviews. One of them with Lord Victor Adabawali for this podcast. So he's a health tech leader, entrepreneur, and just all round awesome person. He's the founder of Visionable Health Tech Company, but he's worked across all the different social determinants of health, from housing to alcohol dependency to substance misuse, and obviously now in new technology with Visionable. He is a top guy. 
and I really look forward to sharing that episode with you. I actually put a specific call out among all the Black Lives Matter movement uh, to make sure that I was, you know, doing my part and, and getting fair representation on this podcast. And so I've got a couple of very, very interesting and awesome black leaders in health tech coming on, of which Lord Victor Adabawali is certainly on that list. So, yeah, really looking forward to sharing that episode with you guys. And, uh, um, yeah, finally, so I've got a couple of health tech reports that I've been sent this week, uh, maybe writing some bits for Forbes on them, but I thought I'd give you guys a little heads up so that you can have a gander if you listen to this podcast. So the first one is from McKinsey and specifically McKinsey's Global Institute. And the report is called Prioritizing Health, a Prescription for Prosperity. Now, what they are focusing on in this report is essentially health economics. And they're talking about the economics of poor health and the cost of that to society in terms of GDP and things like that. Now, they made some specific key findings. I won't go through all of them, but uh, I'll give you the sort of top line from their executive summary. And by all means, you guys can go and read a bit of this yourself. I'll stick the description in the episode. So some common themes that come up on this podcast using first of all using interventions that already exist today the global disease burden could be reduced by about 40 percent over the next two decades you know what we say on here that you know the future's already here it's just not well distributed something i learned from one of my old bosses there it is in black and white from McKinsey. Over 70% of the gains could be achieved by prevention, uh, creating cleaner and safer environments, encouraging healthier behaviors, addressing social factors that lie, lie behind these. All of these things are within our reach right now. We already have the technology and things available, something that we say in this podcast all the time. Uh, what else do they say? Health innovations in the visible pipeline could cut the disease burden by a further six to 10%. Again, as we say, it's part of the same point, right? The future's already here, just not well distributed. We know that the technology and innovation is already here. It's already in the pipeline. It's about bringing it to market. It's about adoption and a focus on those things. Um, yeah, there it is from McKinsey. The economic return could be $2 to $4 for each $1 invested in better health. So in higher income countries, implementation costs could be more than offset by productivity gains in healthcare delivery. Again, it's about adoption. It's about investment. It's about that upfront cost to take that risk. But, you know, to play devil's advocate, it's about how you do that safely. It's about how you do that at scale. And as you will have known, if you listen to this podcast, and, you know, we talk about that with a lot of different guests. And that is the role of, of what we're doing here. It's to try and get this information out from all the people that you hear on, on the episodes that are doing this, that have done this, that have learned from this. I hope that people listening to this podcast can uh, help us do that. So I would love it that we invest the dollar and we get four back, but hopefully we can uh, do our little bit using this podcast and the guests that come on. Uh, and next, another another one that I want to, to highlight. So realizing the healthy growth opportunity would require a pivot to prevention both within healthcare systems and beyond. And McKinsey even say in their executive summary here, this will not be easy and requires all stakeholders to work together on four imperatives. To make health a social and economic priority. <laughs> we know how difficult that is when government's involved. To keep health on everyone's agenda. To transform healthcare systems 
and to double down on innovation in therapeutics and beyond. So pretty broad brushstrokes there, but it's a sentiment that's worth noting and worth getting behind. So as you know, it, it's a pivot to prevention that they're talking about. And actually we do know that it's very difficult in five year political cycles to, to get serious backing when uh, the, the, a current government might introduce something for a subsequent government to reap the rewards of. We know that's a challenge, but I think that's what they mean by making it a social and economic priority, but also keeping it on everyone's agenda. I think having all of those parts moving together is the key. Now, I will not bore you with all, I don't know how many pages are here, but it must be hundreds. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but by all means, give it a read yourself if you're interested. So you can go to the description of the episodes, click on the link. Um, and yeah, get that report by McKinsey and uh, have a look at it. And there's one more report that I was sent this week and it was from Octopus Ventures and well, it was a sort of a press release with a report. So what they've done is they've analysed the opportunity in fertility treatment and what they've shown and what they've uh, what they've presented here is that global investment over five year period tops $2.2 billion rising to $750 million last year. So what they're saying is the investment into fertility is rising. And we've had Mojo on this podcast from a men's fertility perspective. And I think we could definitely get some more startups from a fertility uh, background as well. I've definitely written some bits for Forbes on it too. But yeah, it's it's an industry ripe for investment, Octopus Ventures say. And they, there's what they call latent demand for innovation in a few areas so what they've highlighted is that infertility rates among both men and women have been rising for 60 years particularly in industrialized countries men's sperm counts have more than halved in the last 40 years with a variety of environmental factors cited as the cause one in seven uk couples report difficulty in conceiving and latest figures say that there's an almost 60% increase in the number of UK patients undergoing IVF treatment. So lots of demand for innovation in this sector. Um, an industry estimated to be worth $25 billion, according to this report from Octopus Ventures. So feel free to give it a read. I know that lots of people that are interested in fertility and femtech, things like that, have been posting this and commenting on it and talking about it. It's obviously a really important aspect of health tech. It's something that is going to benefit most of us, um, increasing our fertility. And there are some talented entrepreneurs building very exciting startups in the space, to quote Cameron from uh, Octopus directly there. So there you have it. Another week goes by in health tech. Thanks for listening this week, guys. If you've got any comments or want to get in touch with me, then uh, feel free. You can head to the description episode to find my website. All my uh, socials are on there and ways of contacting me are on there. And I hope you all have a good one next week. So take care, guys. And I'll be back to you on Thursday.